Welcome to Heartland Church. It is our prayer that as you listen to the following message, you would experience the heart of God for your life. For more information about our ministry and available resources, visit us on the web at heartlandchurchonline.com. Now, let's join this week's service already in progress. Well, this morning it is my privilege uh, to get to share with you guys... um, The last time I did this would have been, I believe, in October, and I'm about 35 pounds lighter than I was then, so the camera guys are like, wow, this is awesome. He doesn't take as much, but no, just, anyway, and if you heard that person cheering at the front of the room, it was my wife, so, and all the women in the room said amen. All right, um, but today I'm going to... um, I'm going to try to do something that's a, that, that honestly is a little bit un- uncomfortable for me. Um, I'm going to try to um, use Emily and I's story as kind of an example of what I feel like God is emphasizing for me to share with you guys today. If I could say what the atmosphere that I would prefer to have be in the room would be like if we could just invite you all over to our house. That would be what I want. So picture you've never been in my house. Most of you have never been in my house. But picture that you are and that you're sitting on a comfortable chair. And uh, we're just getting to talk as friends. And, and really that some of this would just be us sharing our, our life story and history in God. And what I'm talking about today would be um, just practical participation with the prophetic. Okay, so I'm going to just state this up front. Really, my goal today is not to really prove the necessity of the prophetic or, or talk you into being open to it if you're not. I mean, that, 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 let's just delineate that, at least for now, I, we're a part of a house that really, really values that. I'm thankful to be a part of that. It's played such a key role in my wife and I's life. And so I would just say if, if, if you're questioning that whole thing, how that all works and your application and your walk with God, I would just encourage you to just listen to what I'm saying today. I'm not trying to convince you, but just listen to what I'm sharing and consider, and maybe that will help God give you some clarity if this has been an area for you that you're not really sure about. Does that, does that sound okay? All right, cool. So, um, you know, I do believe that the prophetic is a necessary part of our life. I, just to be honest with you, I, I really don't know where I would be in my walk with the Lord without the word of the Lord leading me in my life. And that it's certainly the basis of Christianity and our walk with God is a continual relationship with Jesus each and every day. Being in his word, being rooted and grounded in the word of God, being solid with a foundation in the word of God and talking to Jesus in the place of prayer. But the prophetic is it's a different deal because it, a lot of times it's like, I, I really feel like it's God's unique way of speaking to the uniqueness of who you are. The word, is, the word can do that too, but we're all different and we all come from different backgrounds and we have different purposes on the earth. And so I really view the prophetic as God's way of walking me along in an intimate journey with him. And he gives me insight and details about myself that I currently maybe have no idea or that he's been speaking to me in another way and he confirms it through his prophetic word over my life, over my wife's life. And so I, I've, over the years I've really developed a value system for that and I think you're going to see why here in just a minute. But we really need um, the, the now word of the Lord in operation in the earth. You know, that's the, that's the one thing that the enemy doesn't know how to interpret. 
He doesn't know when a prophetic word is coming. He doesn't know what the Lord is going to say over your life. It really is a way for us to do wage a war against the enemy and stay ahead of what he's doing. Does that make sense? It's very important. And so really what I want to do today, I threw in the word practical because depending on your background and everything, you know, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of history. Uh, prophetic ministry is a necessity in my opinion, but it is the one area, um, you know, it is the one area that can get a little dicey at times. And the reason why is, is a lot of times you receive a prophetic word through another person. And so, just as a practical thing, remember, their words are fallible. The word of God is unfallible, meaning everything it says and it is true and you can take it to the bank and own it, right? But a person delivering a word, their words are fallible because they're a human being. And so we really need to understand that there's a process we can go through to guard against um, getting things said to us and receiving things that really aren't the heart of the Lord, but also how to sift through that and find the meat of what's being said and throw the bones out. Does that make sense? And I, I want to try to help with that today a little bit. Okay, so uh, 1 Corinthians 14, I would say to you, would be, in my mind, the primary purpose of prophecy, and that is to pursue love and des desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for nor, no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. I don't know about you, but as I've walked this thing out called uh, Christianity and a relationship with Jesus, I have needed the Lord's edification, exhortation, and his comfort. Does anybody else? Yeah? Okay, good. We got some participants. I saw some hands go right up. I saw some go, I'm going to give him that at the moment. So hopefully at the end you guys are waving at me and your neighbor's like, put your hand down. You forgot your deodorant and all that stuff. So, okay. If it helps you, think about this. The prophetic to me is a glimpse to see into the better you. Prophecy is meant to be a value add to our ongoing relationship with Jesus. It's not meant to take the place of it. It's meant to be a value add in our walk with the Holy Spirit. But I believe that, honestly, if I was to tell you um, how, I, how I try to interact with the prophetic, like, the more I, the more I dig into walking with the Lord, it, it honestly indicates to me that the very nature of who I am should be prophetic. You know that scripture in the Bible that says, greater works will you do than, than I did? Jesus said that. How can you do that without the prophetic? He, he established a model in the earth. And so that's a lot of people would say, well, we don't need the prophetic because Jesus lived on the earth and he, he did all these things and we could aspire to that. And I would agree with you. I'd say, man... If you can get 10% of what Jesus did, you're probably doing great, right? The only problem is, is the one who did all those things when he was getting ready to take off and go back up to heaven, he was like, yeah, you're going to do more than I did. So there, there's an element to that that almost demands that the Lord is going to have to speak to us prophetically in our life. So we have an understanding of what he wants to do through us in our time on the earth. 
It's not extra biblical. There's the biblical precedent. He gave the model. But the details and the season and time that we live, is, it's not there. It's for us to walk and live through. Does that, does that make sense to you? So in order to navigate that, we really need the now word of the Lord flowing in our life where we're not out here going, well, I, I've got the hunger for the Lord down. I really love his presence, but I got no direction. And I know, and you would say, yeah, well, it says go and make disciples. You know, and you could say, well, just do that. Well, I would agree with you. But I want to do it where the Lord has given me grace to. And you would say, it says all. I get it. However, based on the uniqueness of who you are and how God has wired you, you have a place of influence that's the sweet spot. Does that make sense? There's every one of you in here, if we were to sit down and talk, there are things that you can do and interact with people that I can't do because I'm different. So we really need to have uh, the word of the Lord telling us who we are, giving us a better glimpse of ourselves perpetually, and then participating with that. Cool? Okay. Um, so in just a second, I'm going to kind of dive into our journey, and we're going to take a hard turn into a lot of testimonies and stories. And that's the part that's going to be a little bit more awkward for me, but I think it will be helpful. But before we do that, I want to I do something real quick. I want to talk just real quick about receiving a word from somebody. And I'm going to blow through this pretty quick. If you need to take notes, take it. Because there's a lot of people that I've talked to, even in this place, and they're dealing with a, a conflict of how to navigate something that the Lord, or that they perceive the Lord shared through somebody else. And I just want to give you some practical, biblical tools that if you jot them down, you can take these as a template and go back. And some of you, honestly, you need to revisit some of the words you've received and go back through and let the Lord dissect this for you. I would, I would say that if you have a word over your life and it's caused you, it, it's caused you to not be able to really own it because you, you just don't have a grid work for it, so to speak, or, or even like the way it was delivered, um, but just the whole thing leaves you with a big what. What do I do with that? I want to tell you that at the very least, it would be a healthy thing to go back and go through that again. So let me give you a few things real quick, and then, and then I'm going to dive into some other stuff. All right, so when you receive a word, you need to know that it's your job, and you are empowered, okay, to weigh the word given to you. So I, we all come from different backgrounds. What I'm saying in short is, is you, you do not, when somebody comes to you and says, listen, I got something to share with you. You want to be cordial. You want to be open. Generally, you want to be receptive and not um, pessimistic towards it. Okay, that'd be the best case scenario. But you do need to know that you don't have to own every word that is coming out of their mouth in the moment. It, it is okay. In fact, I would tell you that it is, that's a lack of maturity to do that. What you need to do is, is ideally record it, write it down, capture it somehow so you can receive the word, go back and, and do a couple of these things right here and really get clarity on what God is uh, saying to you in that moment. So let me give you a scripture verse to just kind of back that up. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21 says this. And I, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation for this because I love how it says it. And if you don't think it's a 
a good translation of the Bible, come see me. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies. But be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test. And afterwards, hold tightly to what is proven right. It would indicate that potentially not everything is said is something you need to hold on to. But that doesn't mean to throw everything out. Does that make sense? So it indicates there's a process that we can go through. How do we do that? Number one, is it edifying? Does it edify you? That's 1 Corinthians 14. Number two, was the word delivered in love? If it wasn't, at, at least you would have the basis to go and process through that. You know, the, the, Love is the hallmark characteristic of the Holy Spirit, is it not? Number three, uh, character of the person giving the word. That's Matthew 7, 15 and 16. It says beware of false prophets. It also says right there that you would know them by their fruits. So it's okay if you need to uh, do, if you can. It's not always that you can actually do some discovery. Like you, I've had times where people give me words and I'm like, this was a moment in time and I'll never see you again. You know, it, it, sometimes it doesn't fit. But you can do that. That's legal. Um, number four, share that word with some mature people in the Lord that you trust. Ideally, ones that have a value system for the prophetic ministry. Ask them to give you some feedback on what they sense the Lord is saying. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Two or three prophets speaking and let the others judge. There's a precedent for just practically judging the word. If, we do, if we're saying that we want the word to be right, then it's, it's logical to do that process and it's okay. Does that make sense? Okay. And then I would say also Proverbs eleven fourteen: a multitude of counselors. There's safety, there's wisdom. All right, the last thing I would say is, does it bear at least some witness with what your spirit, your history, and, and, and what maybe you've sensed the Lord is saying to you? Not always that's the case. I've had some net new information be released into my life that totally was the Lord and totally changed everything, as I'll just share in just a moment. But, but most of the time, the, what God is saying in the now should be confirming your ongoing relationship with him. You should have some kind of sense or inkling of what he is, is saying in that moment. It should be confirming, okay? And I would say if it's not, then hit the pause button on how maybe you, um, you know, because some people, it, we have a tendency to just be like, I need another word, I need another word, I need another word. Hit the pause button on that for a minute and go to letting, you know, shoring up your relationship, your daily walk with the Lord, getting his heart, being aware of what he's saying to you. And I think you might see some of those words start to mesh together and give you some information you might have felt like you were currently lacking. Okay. All right. So the reason why I say uh, that last part was because uh, out of four, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. So it's never in his intention to confuse us. So if we receive some type of word that we don't have a grid work for, we'll talk more about that in a second. But it's, it's not something we have to throw away in the immediate. And I would encourage you not to do that. God gives us a process where we can kind of uh, work our way through that. And hopefully, ideally, I believe that whatever God says, he intends to bring to completion. That's kind of my basis with the prophetic. And I would see that, I would encourage you to see that as an invitation. Man, if God is going to say something to you and you come to the conclusion that that's him, 
It, it wasn't like, hey, I told you that in 1997, and wasn't that a cool moment? Wouldn't that be cool if that would have came to pass? Yeah, it's not. That's, not. that's not who God is. That's not what he does. And so it's interesting that it's an invitation into participation. All right. I'm going to share with you about a little bit about Emily and I's journey and some significant prophetic moments. And this is the part where I'd say, hey, you're in our house. You got something good to drink, which would be water, because that's pretty much all we have. And, uh, and I'm hoping that, that our story, I'm hoping you'll find things that for you on your prophetic journey, there's people in this room today that you are kind of on the front end of that. You're like, yeah, I'm not sure how much that plays in, but I think it might. There's others of you, you've, you've got some history in it, you've got some words, and you're like, I, I don't know what to do. I feel like I got a bunch of stuff and not a whole lot of movement. And then there's some of you in this room that you've been doing it a long time and your prophetic dreams feel like they have no pulse. And my, my whole goal today is to really hopefully bring some encouragement to you so that when you walk out of here, you have a desire to re-up in this area of partnership with the Lord for you. That's what I desire. And, and, and how this would prove out is, is starting to hear testimonies about, man, this is what was said to me. And something sparked in my mind. And I started partnering with the Lord again. And then, boom, that word that had been said all those years ago finally came into existence. Or what God said to me three weeks ago or whatever. I'm not trying to put a timetable on it. But that those words that he speaks would actually come to completion. I, I think we give the prophetic a bad name. When we talk about all the things that we're waiting on, which is okay, but I can tell there's times, and I've been there, man, if you experience a high level of prophetic frustration in your life, I would encourage you to, to take a fresh look today, and that my prayer would be that God would highlight something to you that kind of breaks that gridlock. Okay, if you don't know, um, uh, you wouldn't know this, I'm 30, well, some of you would, I'm 35 years old. Um, I, I did receive, you know, I kind of have a different viewpoint on this nowadays, but I did receive a call in, into ministry when I was age 15. It was a very dramatic experience. And, uh, and so that, that, that took place and really jarred some things in my life. And shortly after that, I, um, I had turned 16 and I was going on a missions trip to Venezuela. And my uncle Bill, who uh, was my dad's brother, lives out in California and uh, an extremely prophetic man. I mean, if you want to throw tiles around, I'm, I'm not usually that guy, but I would say this dude is a prophet. I, I literally have, have said to people, you know, they'll, they'll talk about something. I say, you need to call my Uncle Bill. And I have been there when they called and he started to tell them everything about their life. And that's who he is, everywhere he goes. And I've seen that happen throughout my family, just his ministry to our own family. So I, I called Uncle Bill to thank him for the money he sent me to go on this missions trip when I was 16. Interesting note, Hugo Chavez had just come into power and he ran as a, um, uh, he, he ran like we would have somebody running in America where they support liberty and freedom and they want to open up everything. I remember going there and them saying, he's going to be amazing, we're going to look more like America and all that. And then all these years later, um, that, that's always been very intriguing to me. So anyway, that was about 1999. So I call Uncle Bill and I'm saying, thank you, Uncle Bill, for, for giving me that money. I really appreciate it. I think it's going to be a great trip. And he's like, you're welcome, you're welcome. Before he lets me go, he utters words to me that forever changed my life, everything about my life. And this is what he said. 
He said, John, God has called you to be a prophetic minister. And you're going to speak the word of the Lord to people. And that was about it. Now, you might be like, well, that doesn't seem very dramatic. I can't tell you what exactly happened. But after that moment, something got lit inside of me. And I grew up in a place where we didn't do any of that. That was very foreign to me. I didn't even know what prophetic was. I had no clue. But something got initiated on the inside of me. And like literally the, a few days after that, I went to my youth pastor and I said, hey, do you know what the prophetic is? And he kind of looked at me like, somebody set, setting me up here? They sending in a kid to snuff me out, you know? I said, do you know what the prophetic is? And he said, well, yeah, he was a graduate of Rama. He said, I do. And I said, well, I, I need to learn about it. So he gave me about six or seven books on the prophetic, and I read them in about two weeks. A teenager doesn't do that unless there's something. And teenagers, you know I love you. We just know you don't read that much, so let's get over it. Okay. Okay. Um, Something happened. And, and I would just tell you that if he didn't declare that over my life, that in that, who knows when it would have happened. So the importance of stuff being spoken to our life is, is really important. At that time, I was very on fire for the Lord. But he said something to me that was really, really significant. And it changed my life. Shortly after that, uh, it, it was literally a couple weeks after that, we were in a youth service. And I, I felt the Spirit of God came, come on me. And I started to shake and cry. And Amy Griffin's brother and I were best friends growing up. And we're in this side room. I said, dude, God is talking to me. And he's telling me words to say to the youth church. What do I do? And he looked at me and goes, I don't know, but you better say it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that seems right. I think I should say that. So, so I go up to our youth pastor. And, and literally, it was very awkward. We were like in worship service. And I like sneak up on stage. And I'm like... I think the Lord has something for me to share, but I don't know what to do with that. And he, was, he just hands me the microphone. And I was like, and I get up and I just let this, basically like this Shabbat come out of my uh, mouth, like this declaration, and it just pours out of me. And, you know, after that was interesting because we kind of got done, and I look, I look around and all the kids had pretty much moved to the front of the stage. And I was like, what in the world's going on? So I come down off the stairs and my friend Joe, he was about six foot four, a huge, huge guy. He says, dude, I don't know what's going on, but God's all over you. Will you pray for me? I said, yeah. Touched him and he was, boom, he goes down. Touched the next person, boom, boom, boom. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. And so you can, you, I'd love to tell you that I was so hungry for God that, man, I stumbled into the perfect. No, it was declared over my life. I did receive it. And you know what my action point was in that moment? Because I'm going to try and give you some action point just to show you how practical the prophetic is. The action point was is I noticed in my, my, there was something in my heart and I went and asked for some books. That's what I did. And then all that happened. Shortly after that, I knew uh, I needed to go to Bible school. So I'm on this journey. I'm like <laughs> kind of learning. I need to go to Bible school, Right? So in the denomination I grew up in, there was one in Springfield, Missouri, one in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And now if you've been around for a while, you figured out what denomination that was. Um, but I literally, uh, they had college days visit. And I thought, well, I got to go to Bible school. Sure, I'll go to Bible school. So I go down and uh, first day we were down in Springfield. I'm in the dorm and the Lord says to me very clearly, this isn't what I have for you. And I was like, whoa, okay. And I had a ton of friends that ended up going there and that was great for them. 
I went to the other, other college days visit up in Minneapolis. Sure as my name, I step my foot out of the van. I remember it like it was yesterday. Step my foot out of the van and the Lord goes, enjoy your weekend. This isn't what I have for you. And I was like, goodness, what is going on? But it was so clear. And so what did I do in that moment? I knew I needed to go to Bible school. So all I did was is I was taking those steps to try to figure that out. And when God said no, I just kept that before me. I didn't, I, I, I just, I just took his, the word of the Lord that was leading me and I just kept what I felt in my spirit before me. I didn't say, well, that's the ones that everybody normally goes to. Do you know that they're, they're literally, I was telling Emily this the other night, it, the youth church we grew up in, more people that were graduating in the graduating classes went to Bible school than didn't. That's, that's astounding, really, when I think about it. So all these people are heading off to all the co- Bible colleges that people know. And I'm like, God, what do you have for me? I end up going up to the summer camp in, in Sunstream Retreat Center. And the, the pastor that I had went on the missions trip to Venezuela with was there. And we were sitting in the back. And I was telling him what was going on. And he said, you know, we, this, it was uh, First Assembly of God in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, in the midst of the Brownsville Revival. They had a massive outpouring. It was massive. And uh, it was just awesome for about eight years. And so um, uh, he said, hey, we have a Bible school in, up at our church. And, and as soon as he uttered those words, I, I looked back at him. I said, that's where I'm going. I knew in my spirit, how did I know that? Because I had been participating. I've been saying, God, what do you have for me here? I know you've called me to this. I know you want me to do it. And I just kept that before me. I wasn't freaking out. It wasn't, you know, controlling every day, every moment of every day. But I was pursuing the Lord. And so um, my action point in that, very spiritual. I started saving money to go to Bible school. Because God showed me the place to go. And I'm trying to help you today because here's the deal. A lot of times, man, when we get these words and things that's said over us, and, and when they're big, when they're big, you're like, man, what do I do with that? Just start little. You know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, I've had people tell me, hey, man, God's going to use me in the area of finances. And, I mean, they lay out their vision. I'm like, dude, you're going to literally need like hundreds of millions of dollars. And then they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm broke. Hey, uh, get in some financial classes. Get your personal finances shored up. That's an action point to moving you in that. And I would say it sounds like it might be a couple hundred million dollar decision. Just saying. All right. Let me share with you. So I've been, I've been on this thing of, ooh, I'm hearing God and all that. And it was really good. I don't want to downplay it. These moments I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of move through it quickly, but these were like very significant moments in my life. They were game changers. They were, they were directional things that were changing my life. It meant moving away from home, everything I knew, and going to Cedar Rapids, a place I didn't know. So it was a big deal. So I kind of, I don't mean to downplay it, but for the sake of time, I'm kind of just trying to blow through it. Let me, give you a, let me give you a very clear word of the Lord I received, and let me give you my action point. After that happened, it was my last year of high school. I was just really hungry for the Lord. I would go into our church, usually a couple days a week, and just hang out with our youth pastor and serve him and do that. 
We were heading out of the parking lot to go do hospital visits. He stopped the car in the parking lot. He looks at me and he says, John, I need to tell you something. God is doing really amazing things in your life right now. And I just need to tell you, if, if there would be a godly girl that would come into your life where you're like, wow, she's amazing, she loves the Lord, she's beautiful, seems like the right fit, for whatever reason, don't pursue it. That's literally what he told me. And he's like, okay, let's go visit some people. I'm like, what? What was that? Where'd that come from? You know what, it literally was less than a month after that that I met that girl. And you know what my my action point was? I disobeyed the word of the Lord. I didn't listen to that. And to be honest with you, it was, it was a defining moment for me. Because I realized that my choice not to follow his word really caused a lot of unneeded pain and grief in my life and hers. Uh, to this day, I mean, she's... Uh, God worked it all out and it was fine. She's she's awesome, awesome lady, got a wonderful family and kids and all that. It's all awesome. The deal was that she was supposed to be my friend, not my girlfriend. And God told me that. And I didn't listen. And that really did something to me. And I remember saying, God, I that was my first year of Bible school, right in between going up to that. We were we were uh, in a relationship up into my my first year of Bible school, and then God kind of just Helped me, helped us really get clarity on what we needed to do there. But it was a hard moment. Can I tell you what happened not too long after that? I remember exactly where I was. I was actually driving. The irony of this is it sounds a little twisted, but the girl I was dating, she went to Teen Challenge or Teen Mania down in uh, Texas when I went up to Bible school in Cedar Rapids, and she was from Cedar Rapids. My host home was her parents. I literally was staying in her bedroom. Imagine that. All while that relationship's falling apart. And I knew that I, you know, it was a very interesting moment, as you can tell. So check this out. So I'm driving her car because my car had broke down. And let's just say I was poor at the time. And I remember where I was. I was on Highway 30 and Edgewood Road, if you're familiar with Cedar Rapids. I remember exactly where I was at the intersection. And I was driving home, and I had just got my haircut done from a gal in our church who had a daughter named Emily. And the Lord told me, you will marry an Emily. And I was like, ah, oh, that can't be you, God. And the reason why was is because I, I, I wanted nothing to do with that in that moment because of what I just explained to you before. I had told the Lord, I'm like, God... I ain't pursuing any relationship until you beat me over the head and you're like, this is for you now and all. I mean, I, I had it solidified. It was a very, very significant moment in my life, that whole deal. And he said that to me. So I did a couple of practical action, action steps that I want to share with you. I thought of the Emilys I knew at the time and I was like, God, this can't be you. I'm sure they're awesome. <laughs> Just being honest. Just being honest. I just came from that house of an Emily and I was like that's thank you God but you know there was a little twinge of something there where I didn't throw that away I I kept it I didn't keep it in front of me I shelved it that's a point I want to tell you there's sometimes where God says some stuff to you and you're like what 
I would encourage you to get in the habit from a mature place, knowing and trusting in the Lord, that you can almost shelve about anything instead of being quick to discard. Does that make sense? Now, there's some stuff where, believe me, I threw it as far as I could, right? But I want to encourage you, be quick to shelve stuff if you don't have a grid work for it instead of throwing it away. And I think the Lord will lead us well in that, okay? So what happened after that? Busting along in Bible school, doing my thing. I met my Emily. I met my Emily. And you know how I met my Emily? It's my action point for the Lord working things out. I met my Emily through serving. I met my Emily because her dad had had a back surgery. And uh, he, uh, he could, they needed a piece of furniture move. It was this huge hutch. And I was down in Des Moines. My brother said, will you go over to this, these, people how, these people's house and help me move a piece of furniture real quick? I said, yeah, sure, that's fine. I go over there. And I moved the piece of furniture, and that's the first recollection, recollection I have of Emily. And I noticed something in that moment. This is really what I remember. I remember her mom asking her to iron some clothes. She was about 16 at the time. And I remember her saying, sure, mom. And that stuck out to me, the interaction that her and her mom had together. And later on, that was, that was something that just really piqued my interest. And, uh, and we would go on. We would go on to uh, obviously get married. Now, you know that. But you know, but there was some really interesting things that happened. In fact, campground that I was up at for Bible school, same campground. I was sitting on the top bunk of a bed, and we, my brother and I were talking. We were leading worship up there, and he looked at me and he said, John, you should marry Emily Morris. And I looked back at him and I said, you're right, and I'm going to. In that moment. The word of the Lord can lead us. And you would say like, wow, dude, you're kind of getting out there. No, let me tell you what I did after I felt that. That was a ma- How many can agree uh, marriage is a major, major life decision? Would you agree with that? All right, good. So what I did, what I did with that is, is I knew what I believe God had spoke to me, but I had some very, very close people around me, my spiritual father, some people that were uh, helping govern my, govern my life and grow me into a place of personal governance. You know what I did? I just went and talked to him. Excuse me, talked to him about it. And I said, this is what I'm feeling, but I trust your guys' judgment. And so you're going to meet her. And if there is, I literally told some of our best friends this. I said, if there's any part, you know me. If there's any part of you that has a reservation about me pursuing a relationship with her, I won't. I brought myself under authority. I brought myself under a place of safety. I had the word of the Lord. I knew what he was talking to me about, but I still subjected it under that because that's a big deal. You know what I mean? And that's a very practical thing to say. Hey, if you've got big things that God has spoken to you, don't become this person that's like, well, nobody understands how big of the things that the Lord has called me to. You you isolate yourself, to be honest. And you know what else happens? The likelihood of those things coming to pass is it, it diminishes because you need people to bring the word of the Lord to pass in your life. Does that make sense? Very important. Now I'm, I'm just using these examples to give little subtleties, but really important things that we can all glean from. Why? Because what the Lord says over you, he intends to bring to pass. 
If we keep that in front of us, we can talk about all this stuff. We can be like, that's kind of strange. I don't know what to do with that. That was really good. If we, if we come from a place of ultimately we want to be led by the word of the Lord and everything he says that we are to do and our time here on the earth is coming to pass, we're going to do it, then we can have the conversations we need to have. And I, I really desire to see this place become a very safe place for the prophetic. I don't think it's not now. I just think that we've got some people in here and God's going to bring some people where you're like, I got so much and I'm not seeing the results I want to see. And God wants to open up some dialogue. He wants to invite you into some new things that he wants to take you on a journey. And we need a place where we can feel like we can get a strategy around that. We can talk to each other. We can weigh things out. And we don't have this awkwardness where we just got a bunch of prophecy and not a whole lot of seeing what's happening. I'm not saying that's the case, but when you have a place where the prophetic flows freely, that definitely is a potential. Does that make sense? We don't want to be that people. We want to be a place where, man, God speaks clearly, and he does. And what he speaks, it awakens something in people's hearts. They can get knowledge and insight and go on a journey and ultimately see those things come to pass over their life. So I want to declare to you today, because I can feel in the room, some of you that maybe haven't been here super long, or maybe you have, I want to tell you that I believe that Heartland is a safe place to steward the prophetic in your life. And if you, and if you don't think that, I would just encourage you to, to start per, you know, pursuing that relationally and see what, see what your experience is. Uh, I will tell you this, my, my prophetic gifting increased dramatically when I came to this house. I can't explain it to you, I can't, I don't understand how it worked. I started, I started seeing pictures and colors and I, I don't know, I don't even understand all of it. I just know that part of the reason why this happens is because this is a safe place and there was a value for that gift. And it's, it's enhanced who I am. That's just been my personal experience. Okay, so I met my Emily. We, want, we went on to get married. It's, it's been amazing. That was a huge deal. And God was cool in that, in that regard. Uh, I had an interesting time. Um, I, was, uh, I was working at a private Christian school. I graduated Bible college and uh, working at a private Christian school. And my wife wanted me to get this one in here because she felt like it was a really good thing to hear. And I was doing this thing of, God, I, I feel so like I'm called to so much. You've spoken so much over my life. And I literally was scrubbing a toilet. And I don't have time to tell you how nasty these bathrooms were other than they had literally for years waxed over the boys in the urinal. You know, can, you know K through 6 grade kids aren't super great aim when you give them a urinal. And so there was all this extra stuff. And instead of cleaning it properly, they had like waxed over it. So when you go into the bathroom, ultimately your eyes burned because of how bad the ammonia was. It was precious. I may or may not have scraped grout with a screwdriver that was solid urine with wax. So here I am. I got my head down in the toilet. And I'm literally having a conversation with God. I'm going, this ain't what you, this ain't what I, what you have for me. You've called me. You've called me to greater things. You've prophesied this, Lord, and I agree with it. I'm not even fighting you. What am I doing here, you know? Seriously, this is a real moment. And, I'm, and the Lord assures my name. He goes, well, if you can't clean the toilet with a right heart, why do you think that the ministry I have for you, you'll have a right heart? And I was like, Wow. And I can tell you that 
<laughs> basically, the, the, I went on to kind of take over the whole deal of all the maintenance and everything with the school. And I literally got it to the place of as clean as it could be to where I would be like, can we get more gear? They're like, we have no more money. Like, you, we don't have any more money to get you what you want. You want to fix this up? But we, I did the best I could with what I had and got it to the cleanest place I could. I literally scraped almost every bit of floor. You don't understand all this, but, but with wax, with wax built up on floors, it, the, the floor stripper didn't work. So I hand scraped it with a razor blade. It matters. It matters. And so, uh, so I was working at the school, and, and God was doing some really good things in our life at that time, being faithful, just leading us. It was really cool. And I sensed a change coming. And so it was in the summertime, and uh, the, uh, the gen- one of the uh, kids' parents was actually replacing the whole parking lot at his cost. It was like a quarter of a million dollars. And he was paying for that to be done. And he shows up one day, and I never met him before. He owns a very large construction company in the Iowa City area. And he's coming out because they were getting ready to pave the next day. They had, they'd got everything to grade and everything. And he goes, oh, my goodness. They forgot to put a conduit from the building out to the island for the, for the lights. And so there's a bunch of rock base. It's about 10 to 12 inches deep of compacted rock. And I said, I can dig your trench for you. And he goes, you can? I said, yeah, I think I got a pickaxe and a shovel. And I remember him looking at me like, dude, you don't know what you're getting into. But I said, yeah, I can do it. I I had some time. He throws me his credit card and he says, get whatever materials you need and then let me know when it's done. And I was like, who is this guy? This is crazy. So I dig the trench. I had crazy, it was ridiculous. I took like three days to dig it. And I only had to go down like 14 inches. It was weird. But keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. I dug the trench. I I want you to hear something. So shortly after that, We really felt like my time at the school was done. It was great, but I didn't make a lot of money. And uh, we were just feeling some different things for for our life at the time. And so I had had asked this gentleman, uh, kind of felt that was happening. I said, hey, could I borrow one of your dump trucks so I could practice with it to get my CDL? Because I was going to make a change. Practical step, action step. Lord's saying, here's a change. Okay, this is what I'm going to try to do. So I I am driving... Uh, I, he, he brings a dump truck up to his farm. He lived in a 14,000 square foot house and he had a, a, this huge horse barn. He's like, yeah, I'll bring it up to my barn. You can go drive it down the park. So I did that and then got, I went ahead and got my CDL and one day I felt like now's the time for change. That's what I felt like God spoke to us. I called him and I said, listen, I need to bounce something off of you. I need to make a change and here's what I'm thinking about doing. And I told him about the business idea I had, and to which he replied, he was a very direct man, awesome dude, very direct man. He said, yeah, you know what, that sounds like it's going to cost a lot of money to get started, and you're not going to make a lot of money. And I said, sounds like that's probably not something I want to do. He goes, I wouldn't if I were you. I said, okay, that's fine, I won't. So um, he goes, can I ask you why uh, you're asking that? And I said, yeah. I said, this is what my wife and I want to do. Ultimately, we want to start a family, and one of our goals is that she would be able to stay home with her, with our kids when we have when we have kids. He said, can I call my wife and call you back in a second? I said, yeah. He calls me back probably five, ten minutes later, and he says, well, hey, uh, I want to hire you, and I don't know what I'm going to have you do, but can you be down at my office on Monday morning at 8 a.m., and we'll get it all figured out? And I said, you bet I can. So I went down and ended up being that, uh, 
it was just crazy how God set me into a place of influence there. I literally, I, I, I'm literally like 23, 24, and he puts me in this office that's big enough that it has a, a conference room in it. My office has a conference room. And the guy that's, that's second in charge is in a cubicle. I'm not kidding you. It was crazy. I dug the trench. You know what's interesting? Before that, we just, like, Emily and I was just bleeding youth ministry, youth ministry, youth ministry. After I started going into that, you know what's interesting about all that is, is God, God just spoke to our heart to make that transition. But after, after we did that, guess what started popping up? Prophetic words about business. Huh. Never had any before that. Get into the business realm, start using my talents, gifts, and skills, and here comes this thing where, boom, you're getting prophetic words about business. So it, it's like the word of the Lord can lead. And, and he, he's, he's faithful in that as we take steps. You know, in a kind of a picture, it sounds like I knew what to do and always when to do it. I didn't. You know, we were, we were just keeping things before the Lord. But the word of the Lord is faithful. It's true. He guides us and leads us. So, so in that time, one of the things that God said clear to us, and this was a big deal, is, is he said, he told me one morning, he said, hey, I had this thought go through my head of working at a construction company. If I break my leg, it would be a major financial crisis for us. You know why? Because we were stupid with money. <laughs> That's why. So uh, he said, he, he, he spoke to me afterwards, uh, shortly after that, and he said, I want you to get out of debt because I want you to be able to go where I want you to go, when I want you to go, and I don't want you to say, I can't because we can't afford to. That's what he spoke to us. So shortly after that, um, we were staying at my brother and sister-in-law's house, sleeping on the floor in a room, and one morning I look up and there's a book. It's called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it. Radically changed our life. Radically changed our life. Changed our financial legacy. In fact, at the time, we had like $28,000 in unsecured debt. We were working very minimal jobs uh, as far as pay goes. I was getting a little bit better at the construction company. And so it was looking like, a, I think it was a 28, 26 or 28-month payoff to get all that paid off. But we committed because the word of the Lord was get out of debt. And we, we own that thing. We were like, this has got to happen. You know, I was talking to Emily last night, and, I, and I'm pretty, pretty positive that what ended up happening was is we paid all that off in less than 10 months. That's inexplainable. We did the math. We bought in. We said we're committing to this. And then 10 months later, boom, we've got it paid off. I mean, that is the Lord. And that's the power of following the word of the Lord. When he speaks something to you, you can know that he's going to back it up. What if I never would have took the book? What if I never would have read it? What if he just would have said, hey, get out of debt. And I'm like, yeah, I got this word that God has spoken to me about. And some other people started talking to us about finances after that. Imagine that. And it became a huge part of Emily and I's life. That's something that's very important to us is seeing people get free in the area of finances. So essentially you could do the same thing. Whatever God speaks to you, whenever he speaks to it, you can just have the fluidity in your life to respond. Is that a good thing? Yeah. It is a good thing. Okay. So. A side note would be provision. I want to tell you that we've had words over the years that as God has led us, he's also told us that he would provide. So you want to know how to go on the journey with God. You want a practical solution. Watch his provision. If you're pursuing something and the provision dries up, it might be a clue that you need to uh, recalibrate and make a change. It's something you can look at and watch practically. Okay? 
So we've went through seasons where we've had more than less for sure, but never lack. Never lack. And there's been times where the Lord has spoken very clearly to us to, to uh, prophetically, he has said to us, I want you to sow to this person, this ministry or whatever. I don't know how many of you heard the story of how we got our house up in Ankeny, but the short of it is, is when Jamie Galloway was here um, for the Roar Conference, I came out and was walking in the hall and he was out in the atrium and the God, and God, and the, God the one God, the God, said, he told me this, he said, I want you to buy Jamie the dog. Okay. I go over and I say, Jamie. He's like, yeah, what can I do for you? I was like, what? I, he's like, well, I just got off the phone with my, I said, I, I need to run something by you. I said, this is what the Lord told me to do. Buy you the dog. He said, I just got off the phone with my daughter. What had happened was, is his wife, when he was out of town, took his kids to a <laughs> pet store. Number one, no, no, women. What are you doing? Come on. Come on. But I know what the Lord told me. And here's the short of it. When I was handing him the money, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Pastor Dave always tells me, he goes, don't be reserved about this. It was $2,000. And Jamie said, before that, he's like, you need to call your wife. I said, yeah, okay, I know what she'll tell me. And she did. She said, I'll trust you. And we've had that back and forth where the Lord has spoke to one of us or whatever. But we use each other to confirm. Key point. Use people to confirm things. So we, and I tell Jamie as I'm handing him the money, I say, all I know is, is we need a house up in Ankeny, and I think it's tied to that. Here you go. Get the dog. And I can't go into all the details, but the house that we wanted, um, uh, other people were going to buy. The day we were going to move up here and rent a townhome, I passed the house that we were look, hoping to buy. And I called the owner and I said, is that house still for sale by chance? And he goes, why do you ask? I said, well, we're moving today. He goes, I just got the papers in the mail today saying that the buyer's financing fell through. And I said, can we have the house? He was like, yep. And so he's like, we literally moved in the house the day we were moving up to Ankeny to another townhome. It was a crazy story. And the Lord, yeah. And the Lord gave us a wonderful deal on it. And it, and it was awesome. So when, he, when the word of the Lord is spoken... Right in the area of provision, you can watch him take care of you. It's very real. I know I'm just saying it in bullet points and hitting you quick, but it's very real. Okay. So we had so so after that, our time at the construction company wound down because we felt like God was calling us back to Des Moines to plant a church. We were a part of a church plant here in the area, and this is this is. This is something that this, this word here was, has been life-altering for Emily and I. And it was given to me, many of you probably know Al Perez. He was a part of that church at the time. He's, our, he's my spiritual father. One Sunday morning, we, he came in and he said, I got, I got something that the Lord showed me about you guys and I need to tell you this. And this is what he said, that God is preparing you for your 30s. And he gave, he gave a few other details, but not really anything crazy. You know, that's a pretty basic word. It's one you'd be like, oh, great, I'm 27. Well, what's that going to be like? The, t the temptation to not participate with it would be really good. However, the problem was is when he spoke those words, both Emily and I was like, that is super important for our life. And if we miss the opportunity to prepare, it's going to greatly affect what God has for us. 
Both of us felt that. And so there's been, there was times over the years where like we would be going through a season and it'd be super weird and we'd just be like, well, all we know is, is God's preparing us for our 30s. And we would hold on to that word. And I think that as times went on, uh, you know, part of being here, uh, we've been at Heartland for about eight years, almost eight years. But part of where we are now is a culmination of that, that just seeing the history we have. It was very significant and it was, it was very tempting to not participate with that. It came from a familiar person, number one. Number two, it wasn't super dramatic in the nature of the word. It wasn't like, hey, you're going to be the next Billy Graham and anything like that. But it was significant for us. And so what we did was, is Luke 2. When Mary, when, when the uh, Magi came to visit baby Jesus and they said all these things about him, what does it say at the end of that? Mary treasured all these things in her heart. I want to tell you that there's some things that God's spoken over your life. And what you need to do in this season is, even if you can't understand it, even if it doesn't seem like it's significant, you need to treasure it and keep it before you. I'm almost done. Need to talk about Heartland. When it was our time to move on for the church plant, we really didn't know why. That's hard when you get up and tell people, hey, we're leaving you, and we don't know why. Really? That seems awkward. Anyway, um, but we didn't. And so we were praying about it and asking the Lord what he had for us. And, and I'm just sharing our personal story here. And he spoke very clearly to us, and this was something that God had said over and over to us prophetically from people throughout the years, that we would be a friend to leaders. Friend to leaders, just a friend, nothing more, nothing less, just a friend. And so the Lord really spoke that to me one day regarding, uh, he said, go be a friend to Dave and Kathy Olson. And I will tell you that I don't know what your experience is with me here. You know, you'd see me on the stage or whatever, you know, I'm one of the staff people and all that. All these years later, I would just tell you that that really is Emily's and I's one of the primary reasons why we're still here is because of what he initially spoke to us. And it's significant. And I would say that, how does that apply to you? Well, that was just our story. But, but everything that God has done through our, in our lives and through our lives in this place was really rooted in that one word and walking that out. And you know, it's kind of an interesting word because that's no guarantee that Pastor Dave was going to like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I didn't go into him and go, hey, guess what? I got a word of the Lord. You and I are going to be buddies. <laughs> Eat that and pray about it. It doesn't work that way. But you know what I did do? You know what my action point was? I set up a meeting. And I came and met with him. And I told him why we were leaving our old church. And why we felt like we were coming to Heartland. It's pretty practical. And guess what? Pastors appreciate that kind of communication. Because a lot of times that can be a weird process. Like... And I just went and I stated where we were and I connected with him. And the Lord is, yeah, just for our journey. He's, he's Pastor Dave's and Kathy's become some of our dear friends. And they're, it's been a huge blessing. They're wonderful people. I want to give you a couple, couple things on the back end of, of just some of the ways that the, the word of the Lord has worked in our life. And my hope is today, when I was going through this stuff, I, I, I was like... For everything that's in front of you, I think sometimes it's really good to look behind and see where God was faithful to his word. If you need encouragement prophetically today for what's in front of you, look behind you. Look at what he's done. Look at what he's fulfilled. I, I would guess that we're not special in that regard. 
I would guess that you could see his hand in your life too. And if you're like, hey, you know what? There's some areas where I realize that I've taken my foot off the gas or I haven't, I need to re-up or there's some things that God spoke to me to do. Hey, don't, don't look at it like your time has passed you. Pick them back up. Pick them back up and, and re-engage in that because the, the plan for God over your life is to bring those things about and we need it. We need the word of the Lord being fulfilled in each one of our lives. It matters to all of us and it's really important. A couple things that I want to just give you uh, in finishing up and I, I appreciate you guys bearing with me and just sharing my story here. I think that there's this tendency to relate to the prophetic as events. And I want to encourage you to consider talking to the Lord about, about relating to the prophetic as a journey. When you live out those words over your life as events, they need to come to pass, but it's the journey, the process that God takes you through to become able to stand and fulfill those that's really what he wants, the intimacy that he cultivates because you were obedient to follow his leading in regards to what he spoke over you. Does that make sense? It's really important. I want to pray real quick that God would ignite, rekindle, release new prophetic words and things into our life, but that there would be a tenacity that rises up in us to understand that this thing is about him speaking to us, the journey we're on, and us going somewhere in the Lord. It's about your destiny. It's about my destiny. And it's about God having a say in what is going on in our life and him leading us well. And so all over this room today, I just want to say this. That if you, if you have what I would call prophetic fatigue, or if you've got discouragement, or words that you're like, God, I thought this was going to happen. Or maybe somebody's delivered something to you and it really tainted your view of the whole idea of prophecy. I want to pray that God would come and minister you, to you today. And even as you leave this place, that he would re-energize you in that. That he would come and visit you and talk to you about how he intends to lead you by the word of the Lord, by his word. You've been listening to a presentation from Heartland Church in Ankeny, Iowa. For more information about our ministry and its available resources, visit us on the web at heartlandchurchonline.com. Thanks for listening.